Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome back to our last episode of our Supercoach Instant Reaction podcast series. Today we'll be looking at the all-important centres, the centre wings. Now, when someone's building their, their team, this could literally win them or lose them a comp. Obviously, so many players with very low floors, very high ceilings. Do you want to try and just get base points? Do you want to go for attacking brilliance? We'll break it all down here. So what we're going to do, again, quick reminder, a 12-man league for the draft rankings. I've got my top 19 centers. Then we'll give 10 on the bubble of who to target after that. Then 10 big risk plays. That And I think the big risk plays for me, out of all the positions we've done, this is obviously going to be the one where, again, you could pick someone in your third round thinking they can just win you a comp and it might backfire. So let's start off with me. It's the number one center for 2021 for me. It's Zach Lomax from the Dragons. Dual center fullback. Played 20 games last year for a 68 average. Current value is $605,000. I've missed a round two grade. And as I said, the first center off the board for me. To me, I think Zach Lomax is going to have a huge season. I think that 68, he'll beat it this year. Now, he scored a lot of tries last year, so you're going to be hoping and banking on a similar try scoring rate. But for me, I just think the Dragons needed that fresh coat of paint. I don't think they only are that great compared to last year, but I think their attack is just going to be more, it's more stable. Players know where they're playing. I think for me, one of the better goal kickers in the comp, potentially... Some other players will be playing Origin. I don't think he's... Even though I would pick him in my State of Origin team, I don't think he'll make the side. So there's just a lot of things that I really like about him. And now, do I want to pick a center in the in my second round? Is it the way I want to build my draft comp? Personally, no. I would not. But again, you know, if he could slide in or around three or four, if everyone is kind of off centers and you pick up the first one and, and the Zach Lomax, you'd be very happy with it. Won't do you wrong. And for me, he's the first center off the board. Next on the list, we've got Brett Morris from the Roosters. Played 15 games last year for a 72 average. Current value is $637,200. I have him as a round five grade as center wing 12. Now for me, the Roosters, I'm really... I think they're going to have a great season, but I think there's going to be certain players in this team that are going to have some steps back. To me, Brett Morris is a leading candidate. Love him as a player. Always have loved him. Father time hits us all. Now, had a couple of games last year where pulled out in the warm-up or close to game day. As a super coach, coach, you're just... it. It's not great. Obviously, you could easily just pick up the replacement and bench Morris. Somebody in our draft did do that last year. The 637000 is very high. You're basically paying a premium uh, for someone who doesn't even goal kick, so it's just all relying on tries and line breaks. That's why I've got him going. If you can get him, you know, after the round five turn as your first, second, or second center, then happy days. But for me, I'll be steering clear, hoping that he falls in the lap. Uh, next on the list, we've got Daniel Tupo from the Roosters. Played 13 games last year for a 71 average. Current value, $626,900. Have him as around 3 to 4 grade as center number 5. Again, just want to kind of see with these centers that don't have goal kicking, 
you kind of want to start seeing where you can get value first at the start of the season to try and make some money there opposed to losing. So for me, Daniel Tupo is a classic 626,000 is a premium at the start of the season. Wouldn't, you know, coming off as your first center in a draft after round three, four, happy to happy with that. Trying to get a rooster edge is always a good way to go. Uh, but yeah, would not start with him in a classic format. Again, another rooster play with Joey Manu this time. Played 19 games for a 56 average. Carrying value, $496,100. Got him as around three to four grade as center number seven. So here's where we start looking at value. So now we're under 500000 for a player in that Roosters back line. Now, when Tedesco goes on origin duties this year, you think Mino will go to fullback, so you've got potentially three games there for some really nice value. This is where I kind of start seeing, besides Lomax, I start seeing, okay, this is the first player I kind of want to target in a draft. So for me, Joey Manu, for me, he's probably going to be the one that I start looking at to go, okay, no origin duties, ability to play fullback in an injury or a, or a sit-out like origin. There's just a couple of factors that I really like about Joey Manu this year. Now, rumours swirling that the Warriors are targeting him as the replacement for Tuvasa Shek. So, obviously, contract year, maybe you want to try and go extra hard. There's all these different factors that I just kind of got my mind, Joey Manu. Really like the upside this year. The price, 496000 Appealing, not going to start with it, but not going to begrudge anyone who picks up a rooster's edge with his talent for under 500000 Next list, we've got Brian Toto from the Panthers. Played 13 games last year for a 59 average. Current value is 522000 Have him as around 3 to 4 grade as the 8th center. So this is the one I'm definitely starting with. This is the first guy we've spoken about that without question, I don't care how many times I change my team around, Brian Toto will be starting. Spoke about it uh, in the second row pod. The idea of stacking the Panthers' left edge, very appealing. This, to me, is the first piece. The finisher, a great finisher, a yardage man, gets it done. To me, that 522, happy to eat that. I think he's an average in the 60s in a draft comp. Happily be my first center off the board. Big ups on Brian Toto this year. Thing is in for a monster season on that edge. Next, we've got Corey Allen from the Bulldogs. Dual center wing fullback. Played seven games last year for a 62 average. Current value, $545,400. Have him as around four grade as center wing number nine. So, the first two rounds in a draft is always kind of going to be just name the name players and the players who obviously averaged the most last year. To me, round four is where you kind of start going, okay, how do I fill out my team? How do I get flexibility? Corey Allen is going to be a perfect example of this. And I'm also going to lump in the next guy with it as well, Valentine Holmes. Dual fullback center wing as well, played 12 games for 58 average. Current value, $509,400. Have him as well. I've got him slightly higher. I've got him as around three to four grade as center wing number six. So these two players, for me, is really going to be, okay, the rush on the centers is on. Anyone who wants to try and get, there's not that many jewels in the centers this year. A dual fullback, a starting fullback, graded on the dogs and the cowboys, not powerhouses of the comp, but consistent, able to get points, potential for try assists, line break assists. For me, 
someone's going to look at that and go, you know what, especially, I could definitely see someone for me at the, the turn of round three to four in a snake draft, round four to five, just go Allen, Holmes, back-to-back, lock in two fullbacks in your centre. I could definitely see the appeal in it. Someone like Corey Allen and Valentine Holmes, very nice slider hand. The passing game is there. Great runners of the ball as well. There's going to be points for them. I think, you know, to me, Valentine Holmes is a bit more of a creator than a Corey Allen, but Corey Allen's just got that frame and that body, as does Holmes, to really just break through a line on a nice sweep in an inside ball, get the job done. Great kick returners as well. So for me, they're both players that, if you just want to kind of go, okay, I'm building my centers with a very high floor. Putting two fullbacks in your center wing is a no-brainer if that's the way you want to do it. And again, ceiling is there as well. Try assist, line break assist, tackle breaks. It's all there. So not going to begrudge anyone who wants to try and take that risk. For me, we'll start with neither of them in a classic. In a draft, at the right price and the right draft capital, all over it. Because these are the players that will get you some points, but also will retain value. So if you do want to move on and trade, if you've got some flexibility in some positions, you want to upgrade others, you could really like package Allen and Holmes into a deal and get a very nice piece. Next on the list, we've got David Nofaluma from the Tigers. 20 games last year for a 76 average value of $670,200. I have him as a round 1 to 2 grade, the second center wing. So you're probably saying, I've got Nofaluma as the second center wing, but I've got him as a potential round 1 grade. To me, someone is going to look, someone in your draft is going to look at that average and look at the name and go, there's points. His base is ridiculous, works a lot. To me, I think, the t- again, I just need to see this Tigers team. Norfoluma will score tries and make base, but I just want to see how this this Tigers team has the potential to go really south. Luke Brooks is the only designated playmaker on this team. Now, whether Jacob Little gets in there, whether Dewey takes a step or Moses takes a step at 5'8", I just want to see it first. Now, again... If he's your second, if he's your second round pick, or if he falls in or third, and you can snap him up. Do it. The floor is too good not to do that. And again, if he scores a couple of tries, he'll turn up for you. But for me, six hundred seventy thousand, it's steep. It is steep to start the season, especially on a team that I believe will get the spoon. So I'll steer clear. But again, he's a meter eater. He breaks tackles. Every time you verse him in a fit in a in a comp and you see him just rack up points. He's just one of those guys that if he's not in your team and you're versing him, you're hating it. So definitely see the appeal in getting Noffer in there. Just wanna see the I wanna see the Tigers go first, or I don't want to spend a top two round pick on him. Next on the list, another one of my loves, we got Brian Kelly from the Titans. Played 16 games last year for a 56 average. Current value. $498,900. Got him as around three to four grade as center wing number three. So all upside for me, especially if he lines up outside Dave Feeder. I just think he showed last season, especially at the back end, when AJ came back into the team, he's just one of those strike players and gets outside of his center so well. Got a nice passing game into his winger. There's just a lot to like about Brian Kelly, especially in this improved Titans team. There's going to be points to be had you know, center wing number three, some people might say that I think that's a bit too high. But for me, I just think he's one of those guys, starting at under 500,000, 
take take the take the cash right now. He's gonna make cash in a draft. You'll be happy with him as your first center taken off the board. I just think Brian Kelly's gonna be one for one of those years that you're just gonna look back and go, yep, all the signs were there. The value was there. The team at the start of the season, all the hype needed should have got on that. But here's my number one love for the center wing. It's Stephen Crichton from the Panthers. Played 19 games for a 55 average. Current value, $484,900. Have him as around 3 to 4 grade as center wing number 4. So to me, we'll talk about it in my predictions pod. I think Stephen Crichton will be the top try scorer this season. It's one of the real reasons I want to stack that Panthers edge. Especially now we're taught on the outside. Mance obviously did a good job last season, but... Just two young bulls wanting to try and score as many tries, make as many means as they can. Really love the upside of a Stephen Crichton. I think he's just going to have a blinder of a season. 484000 Come on, that's just stealing money there. It's uh, If you ask me, obviously the 55 average factors in that a bit. But I thought for sure he would have been at least 520-ish. You're getting, you're getting easy money. I think if they're going to start the season on fire. He's going to score points. Get him in. He's a keeper. For me, he'll be in there round one. He'll be in there probably round 20. I don't see any changing in that. In my draft, going to target him in the draft. If I don't draft for him, I'll be on the phone straight away to the guy who drafted him trying to make a deal. I need to get Stephen Crichton in the team this year. He's, for me, my love of the draft and of Supercoach Classic. Next list, we've got Josh Adokar from the Storm. Played 18 games last year for a 54 average. Current value... $475,900. Have him as a round 5 grade. Center wing 11. Similar to what we Kenny Bromwich in the second row pod. It's all about stacking for me. There's two sides you want to stack. The, the Panthers and the Melbourne left edges. Munster, Bromwich, Olam, and Adokar. To me, Josh, it's, his last, it's potentially his last season. With, oh, sorry, it is his last season. He signed with the Bulldogs for 2022. So this is his swung song from the storm. He's been a great clubman. I think he wants to go on a high. He wants to try and score as many tries as he can to try and get up the list. To me, just one of those players, 475,000. He's probably the first guy that we've spoken about so far with a low floor. Adokar could get you a 30 and you'll be kicking yourself because, you know, you could have gone with a Corey Allen who could have got you that nice base. But for me, he's one of those guys that is just a try scorer. You know, for all the times he scored 30 last season, still averaged a, 50, a 55 in the center wing. You'll take that. Obviously, a couple of centers I would pick ahead of him, but wouldn't... Again, if you get him as your second, third, fourth center wing and you kind of stuck your team that way, then you're happy days. Next list, we've got Josh Mansour from the Rabbits. Played 19 games last year for a 67 average. Current value, $594,500. Have him as a round four grade, center wing number 10. So with Mansource, it's all about the, he's again, base god. Always on the job done. Would really love for him to be on the, it looks like he's on a line up on the right for the bunnies uh, with Alex Johnson on the left. Would, would have loved him to have him on that side. But again, there's still going to be value. You still want to get through a ton of work in that Rabbits team that loves to attack and spread the ball. I think there will be tries for him. So for me, it's a definite round four play. If he's your first center wing and just go, look, lock me in some base. Happy with that. Nearly 600,000 in a draft. I don't don't like that. 
uh, even though you know nearly averaged seven, uh, 70 last year. It probably looks a bit unders for what a guy like Mansour can give you, but for me, we'll steer clear at the start. Again, try and get a slow start out of him, bring him in, and then bank the points. Next on the list, we've got Jack Bird from the Dragons, dual second row centre. Obviously, in playing the games last year, starting at $381,100. I'm going as round six as centre wing 15. So this is where it starts to get interesting for me. Jack Bird's one of those guys, the rumours, he's going to start at centre, they want to work him into the second row. And now if you've got a second row in the centres, starting price of 381000 value. I'll be starting with Jack Bird. I think a lot of people will be starting with Jack Bird. Reports last season, he was going to start at fullback for the Broncos, looked in the best shape of his career. I love all of that. Now, if we get Shark Jack Bird back at some stage, which, again, he's had a lot of time off, the body's now fresh. He's now moved clubs. He's got the. He he'll obviously want to go good, prove the the haters wrong. All over Jack Bird this year. I think the the starting price of under four hundred, especially if he then moves into the second row and you can put him at centre. Very appealing. Round six in a draft. By then, you know you've started solidifying some of the key pieces in your team. Now this week you can start going okay. I can start taking some of these mid-round picks and try and make and try and hit some diamonds. Jack Bird will be one you can try and hit. Next on the list, we've got Bradman Best from the Knights. Played 10 games for a 62 average. Current value, $551,900. Happens around 5 to 6 grade, a center wing 14. Bradman is going to be one of those guys. Just If he can stay on the field and get consistent, consistent work, then he's going to score points. L- He'll be on the outside of a Kalen Ponga sweep to his preferred passing side. That does intrigue me. Newcastle, one of these got one of these teams. Let's just hang tight the first couple of rounds, first two three rounds. Let's see how they're playing. Let's see who the key attacking pieces are. In a in classic 551, not going to go near it. In a draft, wouldn't pick him as my first my first center wing. Hope he can kind of slide a little bit. Snaimage second or third. That's where I think the value is for Brabham best. Next on the list, we've got Campbell Graham from the Bunnies. Played 19 games for a 61 average last year. Current value, $541,800. Have him as around 5 to 6 grade, a center wing 13. He's starting to get to that point where he's getting that lo- that high floor to me. Campbell Graham always looks in, comes in, gets some work. A great try scorer. Alex Johnson on the outside. There's just a lot of, lot of things to like about Campbell Graham. To me, he is an out-and-out, out, your second center wing. If you can get, you know, a nice piece like a Nofaluma or a Toto to start, then come in the back with a Campbell Graham, your center wing is all of a sudden looking very nice. So for me, 541000 a little bit higher. If it was right around that 500 mark, I'd be in. I'd like to wait on it now, in in a draft again. For me... There's a, a couple of guys I want. Probably won't be able to get all of them. So as a complimentary piece, as a second, second wing. Uh, yeah, Campbell Graham can't go wrong there. And right after him, we got Alex Johnson, his bunny's teammate, dual fullback, center wing. Played 19 games last year for a 56 average. Current value, $495,200. Got him as around 7 to 8 grade, at center wing 16. That average last season, there were some games where he was off the bench. Uh, at least we know now he's a winger. Latrell is a backup fullback. 
Johnson on the wing, sweeping off the co- the Cody Walker side. Love, love, love. There's a couple of players I do like ahead of him, so I'm not going to start with him in a classic, but in a draft, all over. Would love for him to be my third center wing. The way I think I'm going to try and structure my draft, really want to kind of get some nice base points at the start, and then in your center wing, try and lock in some proven scorers. Alex Johnson, I think, on a full season on the wing, he's just a try scorer. He's a finisher. Definitely one I want to try and target. With a duel as well, gives you a bit of flexibility if you go. Someone like a Tesco or a Pappenhausen in round one, and they get injured or origin duties, you can slot Johnson in your fullback and not miss a beat. So what I want to watch there. Ewan Aiken is next from the Warriors. Played 17 games last year for a 54 average. Current value, $476,300. Got him as around 7 to 8 grade. Center wing, 17. To me, Ewan Aiken is one of these guys in this Warriors team. I just think he's going to score, he's going to score tries this season. Now, depending on what side he lines up, to me it doesn't really matter. He, he's proven that he can get, if he gets good ball, he's a finisher, he's a big strong body, can get over the top of people, and can break the line. So Ewan Aiken, to me, he's only one of those guys, 476,000, just a little bit higher, if it was around that 440 mark, again, would be nice, but as your third or even fourth center wing, depending on how you structure your draft, there's value there. The next two on the list are two of my faves. So you've got Remus Smith, from the Melbourne Storm, played 14 games for a 37 average, 324,000, and got Xavier Coates from the Broncos, played 12 games for a 39 average, current value $341,100. I've got them both going in round eight, but these are just upside plays. Spoke about it in the Broncos pod, to me, Xavier Coates is going to be the standout of this Brisbane team, will be the top try scorer. I think just the way he's he came out of that Origin series, he already looks like a player who's going to be around for a long time. And he just ha- has that try-scoring ability. Remus Smith, on the other hand, coming from the Mil- uh, Bulldogs team, where he did score tries, now you slot him into that wing spot if he does jag that wing spot for Vunavalu. And now he's in that Melbourne side with Jerome, H- Jerome Hughes side. Very appealing. Someone like a Branko Lee on the inside, being able to give him some ball. To me, they're two very low-end plays that I love. We'll be starting with one of them. I don't know which one in a classic. In a draft, very happy if they're my third and fourth center wing. If I can, you know, wait until around 9, 10 and get those two guys and solidify my center wing, I can go two base guys like a Mansour and a Nofaluma or a To'o and a Manu and then finish off with a Remus and an Xavier. I'd be, I'd be stoked with that. I think that's a very nice way to build a draft team there. All right, let's look at our next 10 to watch. So again, won't talk too much about the the values and the averages from last year. Have them all going at around 8+. plus. So a couple of doggies. we got Nick Kotrick and Wu Hopawati. Wu Hopawati is a dual center wing fullback. I think for me, both great values in terms of their both under 430,000. If Trim Barrett can get this team on the right foot, it's one of these ones. Let me just see the first two weeks. Let me see how the, the Bulldogs are attacking. Let me see who the 5'8 is. But again, just two guys. They're base guys. Again, similar to Remus Smith and Xavier Coates. Pick them up later. Won't be, won't be too unhappy with it. They'll get the job done for you. 
Phil Sammy from the Titans is next. For me, just the try-scoring ability in that Titans team. Love the upside. Jesse Ramian from the Sharks. It's a play on an early Sean Johnson return. Early ball to Ramian. Slightly down two years, but I could definitely see him coming back and hitting the ground running. Our next three are all the dual second rowers. So I want to bunch them all together here. Tyron Peachy from the Titans. Kirk Haber from the Panthers. Uh, and Talakai from the Sharks. To me, it's all about where do they play. Are they starting in the second row for their team? If they are, get them straight in your team. Guaranteed base. Especially like a Kirk Capewell. A Tyrone Peachy. Busy as always. A Talakai. For me, if all three of them are starting, try and get them in. Now, Tyrone Peachy and Kirk Capewell under 430,000. Talakai, 485,000. So obviously, kind of more keen on Tyrone Peachy and Capewell. But again, if Sean Johnson comes back and he's just laying on passes for the second rower, there's points there. Dane Gagai next from the Rabbits. Again, just a Rabbits edge player, depending on how they play. Always chances for tries. And again, if, if any injuries happen, Gagai can move around to the wing, even at, at, a, at a pinch moving a fullback. So there's going to be options there for Dane Gagai and as, as a good scorer, as a fourth, third or fourth center wing option. Peter Heku from the Warriors, uh, dual fullback center. Uh, for me, again, one of those guys just loves to create for his winger, can burst through line by himself, and if Roger Tulvasashek does go down, Heku will go straight into the fullback role there. So a lot, lot of upside with Peter Heku, especially in this Warriors team. Love, love, love for a fourth second center wing there. And our last player on the bubble, Justin Olam. And again, simply, it's just about stacking. Shows he's just a, such a hard runner of the ball. When he gets the ball in a bit of space on the run, there's not many better than him just to kind of break the line and set up for Adokar. So for me, again, just the ability to stack that edge is all what I want there. All right, our 10 big risks. This is where I think a lot of draft comps we won. I think some of these guys are either going to go too high in a draft or too low in a draft. And the person who makes that decision will either be cheering or will be really down themselves for taking the gamble. So let's start with the two Warrior wingers, David Fusitua and Ken Mamalo. So for me, we'll talk about prices here. Fusitua is only 251000 Ken Mamalo is 481 Now on their days, they both play way over that. For me, it's all about if the Warriors are going to stay in Australia. Obviously last season, they were the first two players to say, I'm going home. So do you want to invest a high draft pick to bring these two guys in only than for to leave and have no trade value? Now in a classic, you can definitely start with them. And obviously at the time, if the time comes for them to go, you can move them on, no worries. Fusatua, 251,000, average of 28 last year. He's not going to do that again. So I think Fusatua is one of those guys, even as, as if you put him as your fifth center wing on your bench as a non-playing, there's money to be made there. So I think for me, the Warrior wingers, if they stay in Australia, love it. If they go home, obviously, depending on how high you're drafted, there might be some issues there. Let's go next to the fullback battle in Brisbane. We've got Tessie New and Jermaine Asako. Both are dual fullback centre wing. Now, to me, love whoever is getting the fullback duty. To me, I think it will be Tessie New. 
I think 232,000, huge, huge unders. I think if he's the starting fullback, 60% plus will need to get him in. It's just too much value for a starting fullback. But for me, the other story is, I'll look at Jermaine Asako mid-season when Gatoni Staggs is back in that lineup because they formed a very nice partnership. So I could definitely see myself at some stage possibly owning both Tessie New and Jermaine Asako in draft and possibly in classic. It's just about at what stage do I want to do that. Next on the list, let's go Jared Kroger from the Canberra Raiders. His average is coming lower and lower every season. Even though he's the goal kicker, his attacking stats just aren't there anymore. 388,000 for a Jared Croker to start a season is unheard of. The other piece of this is he's going to be missing the first couple of rounds. Now, I, I suspect Matt Tomoka will get the starting spot there. And I think he's going to be one of those players where once he gets in, it's going to be very hard for him to, to displace him. Now, Jared Croker will never get dropped from Canberra. I think he's, just, he's a club legend, point scoring machine, all that. He's going to be in there, but from a from a super coach perspective, even though he's the goal kicker, I think there's just a lot of options where you just can't play with him anymore. Now, if he's your fourth center wing and he's got that floor of a 35, then okay, I don't mind that. But the days of a premium Jared Croker, I think for me, especially this year in the draft, if he goes any higher than a, in a round 10, I'd be stunned. If someone goes, look, I haven't even... I haven't fueled out the top 10 players, but here's Jared Croker. To me, he's one of those guys, if you can get him low enough, but if you can get him at, like again, at around 12, 13, 14, 15, and you can just have him there, the potential is there, but again, I don't know if the boat has sailed or Jared Croker being a premium option, but let's see how it goes. Katoni Stag is next. Throw him in again with those Bronco boys. It's all about when do you draft Tony Sags? He's not coming back to around 12, potentially, is what's been rumoured. How, how high in the draft do you do it? Do you, Can you keep a centre wing stashed on your bench for that long? It's tough. Now, if he falls to round 13 and you go, you know what, I'm only going to use my bench for suspension and injuries, then do it. Why not? But to me, anything higher than round 8, really... It's tough. You know, he averaged a 60 last year, including an injury uh, game. I can see the upside, but again, for me, just the putting a high draft capital in a Katoni Stags, not something I will do. It'll be a brave man to do it, but again, this is why he's a big risk player. Next, Sione Katoa from the Sharks. To me, it's all about how does Sean Johnson look? Does explosive plays, are they there? Is there more? He's going to be focused around the kicking and the passing. Katoni Staggs is one of those guys. He's a try scorer, great hands, a finisher. Whether someone, you know, sees a 60 average from last year and goes around four or five on, on Sione Katoa, I'll let that person do that. If he slips to me to like around seven or an eight, and I can put him as my second center, or my third or fourth center wing, let's do that. But I won't go any higher than that. Three more guys here. Josh Morris from the Roosters. To me, it's all about Again, similar to his brother, Father Time. Now, Billy Smith is the rooster center that's not going to crack this starting team that I'm really keen on. I think he'll break this team somehow, whether it's an injury. He'll be one of those guys, once he goes in, it'll be very hard to take him out. Now, Josh Morris is a legend. Whether they would do that to someone like Josh Morris, I'm not sure. The starting price of 464000 I could see guys going, I can get a rooster's edge player for under 500 Let's do that. 
I could definitely see it. But for me, I'll see clear centering number three or four in my team in draft. Okay, let's talk about that, depending on the draft capital. But we'll just wait and see. And the last two guys uh, I think could potentially win or lose a comp here. So let's talk about Charlie Staines from the Panthers. Obviously, six tries in a game and a half last year. 297,000. Center wing only this year. Everyone will start with Charlie Staines. He's going to replace that man, Saw Wing, who, and, but he's going to go to the other side of the field. So it's going to be very interesting to see who is going to be that center on that edge. Are they going to go for a Momoros who's just come in, a Capo, a Fare? We'll see what happens there. But again, very low price for a team that's going to finish in the top two for a winger who knows how to score tries. So Charlie Staines, if someone goes round three or four on Charlie Staines, let that person do it. Because you know what? He might be a genius at the end of the season, but he's only played, again, a hundred and something minutes of footy. Let's see what he can do first before we start throwing somewhere where you could really get a piece like a, a North Luma, a Lomax, a Brian, uh, Stephen Crichton, a Brian Kelly. And lastly, Mike Acevo from the Parramatta Reels played 20 games last year for 52 average. The highs of 150, the lows of a 12. Micah, it's all over the place. The one thing he did look, there was a couple of times last year, looked a bit injured. Start of the season with an off-field incident. There's just a couple of things. Obviously, the, the Parramatta season kind of falling off with the injury to the halves. Micah just could be for one of those big seasons, those big comeback seasons. So, to me, if you lock him in as your, if you could, I don't think it will happen, but if you could get him in as your third center wing, if he could drop to potentially around six and seven, if some people are just so turned off from some of those low, that very low floor that he has, if you can go like center wing number three, and all of a sudden your center wing number three has the ability to ton up and really ton up. It's something that I really find interesting. If a guy wants to take him around three, four, five, I'll let that guy do that. But for me, there could be value in Mike Acevo at the right price at the right time. The 456000 a starting classic, I like it. Again, won't start with it, but I like it. It'll be one that I'll monitor. Could be around two play. Bring him in if you can tell power is on. And that will do it, guys, for the instant reaction series for the position groups. What I want to do next for Supercoach, I kind of want to break down before my draft when uh, that is on the 21st of this month. So got a little bit of time, got exactly just under two weeks now. Kind of want to talk through how I'm going to build the draft, what the strategy that a couple that I've kind of like pinpointed as how I want to do it, a couple of options that I thought I would want to do. So we'll come back then. I want to have a couple of mates on who's also in the draft comp to kind of get their thoughts so we can kind of hear a couple of guys' ideas of where they think I'm completely wrong, where they love and agree with it. So I'll come back with a super coach pod before the season starts again. We'll also have a predictions pod. So we'll throw out some big takes and see uh, whether they stick at the end of the season. So thanks for listening, guys. Again, love the super coach game. Uh, and just want to kind of share as we go on each each week when we start getting into the season. We will do a TLT uh, podcast on a Tuesday night after the teams have been released. Kind of an instant reaction to 
the teams, the ins, the outs, and where we're thinking some nice waiver pickups are, some trade value. So we'll look at that throughout the season. But thanks for listening, guys. What we'll do next, we're going to go back into our season preview. So we'll look at the top eight teams. So that would be next on the list, the team number eight from the 2020 season, the Cronulla Sharks. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, again, leave a like. Go to our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the NRL Rewind. Give us a like. Share it with your mates. We're trying to want to kind of get the word out there. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon. Cheers.